Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon as we started another week here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you until noon as we will talk sports with you, and there's certainly plenty of that to recap and preview and talk about generally, and we'll do so here over the next couple of hours. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. The voice of Iowa State is John Walters. He will join us. At the bottom of the hour, the Big 12 marches on towards uh, college football. John Walters will join us at 1030. I'm sure we'll bring up all of the uh, Iowa State alum that will be... Uh, spending, well, who knows how long. Certainly they want to spend as much time as they possibly can in the bubble in Orlando. They've been there a while, and there's a bunch of them. I'm sure we'll bring that up at some point. Mitch Holtis will join us. Well, kind of. Uh, he's uh, sent along some audio again. Uh, he's on the field. Today's the first day throughout the NFL the teams are actually to put on pads, able to put on pads and get out there and hit uh, some of their uh, uh, some of these guys that are Part of that roster throughout the NFL, so all 32 teams in pads today. Mitch Holtis is on the field. He can't have a phone, so therefore he sent along some audio. We'll play that at some point late in the first hour of the program. Tom Keating from the Iowa High School Boys Athletic Association uh, is going to join us. He's the executive director uh, of that organization. I look forward to catching up with him. There is uh, a lot percolating uh, when it comes to high school sports and whether or not uh, t- schools are going to be able to play high school sports if the kids are not in class. So we'll do that, and we'll do some of the safety precautions with Tom Keating. Uh, thank you to Chris Cuellar for facilitating that for us, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, who wrote, uh, look, Doc's a terrific writer. Uh, he wrote another really good piece. I enjoyed it. What he's going to miss uh, with no Big Ten football this year uh, kind of takes uh, took us behind the scenes into his day and I thought it was a good read for a Sunday morning. Welcome back, Trent Condon. Missed you. Did you have fun in Colorado? We did. Yeah, had a great time. A family vacation and uh, revved up and ready to go here. As we're good. just, uh, well, what, a week and a half away from the kickoff of high school football. Felt like I missed a lot, though, in those three days that I was away. A lot of stories going on, but I was pretty unplugged. So good for you. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to fill me in a little bit. Got home last night. Oh, we rolled into town about ten o'clock. Got a, yep. the car unpacked, and then ten ten and a half hours. Yeah, it's about well overall with the stops with the kids. It uh-huh. turned out to be twelve. Okay, just yep. over twelve with the stops in there. But good trip. Not a whole lot of crying out of the little man. Nice. So yeah, we made it out there, made it back, and uh, did it all in one fail swoop on the way back on Sunday. But back here and then a lot of reading last night trying to catch up on what I missed and it felt like it kind of going through looking through message boards and reading back from uh, when I first dropped off on Tuesday and, and getting caught up on some of those different threads it's crazy how 
just the tenor of things continue to change during that five, course of five days and how different it was maybe on Tuesday compared to... You would to, be a really good barometer of that yeah. because you did unplug and from where you left to where you're at and then seeing what uh, took place in the time that you were gone. And you're right, it's roller coaster. Outside of, I watched, oh, probably a combined, I don't know, five innings of Rockies baseball. I yeah. uh, saw a little bit of that. Watched quite a bit of the NBA game, the uh, game on Saturday. We were mm-hmm. in the cabin for that one, so had that one on in the background at the very least. It just it wasn't a whole lot of sports. It was it was outdoors. It was nature. It was reconnecting with Mother Nature, and it was a great time. But yeah, trying to you were in the right state to do so. Yes, it was incredible out there. Yeah, but it's beautiful. Trying to catch back up and, and figure out exactly where we are. I think I have some questions for you. Just <laughs> trying to get my feet back underneath me here. For football, for college football, which is a number one for us, mm-hmm. all systems go Big Twelve, ACC, yep. SEC. So far, nothing has changed in the week that I was gone. Basically, no. The SEC. Now, I thought they put out their schedule. <laughs> I thought I had an SEC schedule yeah. because there were so many complaints as to uh, who Missouri was, um, yeah, uh, matched up with, and it was it Arkansas. Arkansas, yep. So I thought we had a schedule, but today at 4 o'clock we're going to get the schedule. So maybe they know the opponents, they just okay. don't know where. The order. Right. So we get that today. Um, did you, the Raging Cajuns are going to be yep. in Ames? That's I a, saw that. That's a good opponent. That's a good non-con. They're picked. Um, so we'll see. That's good. What else, college football-wise? Um, the parents of at least... Oh, a handful of schools. Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska... Iowa, Iowa was the, got the ball rolling on this. There might be another school or two uh, that subsequently have followed Iowa's lead and have uh, sent a letter to Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, asking for some clarity, some transparency. Trent is now. When did they? Were you here for the? Was I? I talked to myself for three days. Right, right. So Kevin Warren was with Dave Refson on the Big Ten Network. Were you here that day, or was that it, what that happened on Tuesday? As I was so, departing. so you're out of town. Okay. Yes. So I watched. I love the Big Ten Network for, for I mean for a couple of reasons. When there is something that happens, you're going to get great coverage over mm-hmm. there, and, and this was certainly no different. But Dave Refson had Kevin Warren, and and as I've said before, I I'm a Kevin Warren. Guy, I think they got the right guy at the helm of the Big Ten. I do believe, I really do believe this, that he is the heir apparent to Roger Goodell, that he'll go back to the NFL at some point. He embarrassed himself with Revs and Trent. He could not answer a single question that Dave Revson, and, and to Dave Revson's credit, it's not like he was out to a gotcha type mm-hmm. of moment. But Kevin Warren had to be prepared for the questions that Revson was going to ask. You know, what changed in the five days you put out your schedule today? He had no answer. No, no. I mean, none whatsoever. It's like he's, you know, I'll get back to you type of thing. But so that led to the parents of the Hawkeyes. Um, Goodson's family seemed to be uh, playing the point on that. Mm -hmm. John Wagner's Mom and dad are both doctors, apparently. Yes. So they were very uh, much uh, a part of the letter. And then it kind of caught fire and picked up a little bit with some of the other schools, as I mentioned. Uh, Justin Fields today was on uh, Zubin and Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson's show. He sent, uh, there's a petition out there. What, somebody sent me the petition. Let me get it in front of me. I saw it last we night. We want to play or something? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. We, hashtag we want to play. Move on. There's a petition. It's got now over 230,000 wow. signatures. It was 8,000 when I saw it last really? night. Really? Yeah. 230,000 people have signed it. 
It's not going to make a world of difference. It's not going to make any difference, sadly. Is there any path, though, for the Big Ten reversing course? Yes, Kevin Warren admits they made a mistake. Or, and you said this to me when you came in today, uh, about the saliva test that we... Went public Friday, Saturday. We heard about it. For Is that the what first it was? Time. Okay, I think so. So again, my reading last night, I went down that rabbit hole yep. and I read probably three or four different articles talking about that. And at least what I read. This feels like a game changer. Yeah. I, this is something well, that I think they're using it in the pro in the NBA in the bubbles now. Yes, yep. How quickly it turns around? How quickly? I mean, you can test a whole team and have the results basically instantly. Yeah. And how different that can change things and what that's going to lead to. The way that I look at it here, Kevin Warren, you, you're a big fan. And yep. I was, well, until a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I was in lockstep with yeah. you. But right now, his legacy, he's yeah. the guy that canceled football. Yeah, I agree. And to come back from that, regardless of what he Especially does. Especially if the other three conferences make it through on skate. Right. If that happens, I don't see a path for him getting back to no. the NFL as commissioner. I don't see a path for him staying on as Big Ten commissioner. For a number of years. Yeah, this is going to be difficult. A decision for him because the way that he almost painted himself into the corner here, with the way things currently are and without a vaccine, can you allow college basketball to happen? From what you said then to what you're saying mm-hmm. now, can you allow winter sports to happen? Can you allow even spring football to happen? Because what's going to be different if you start these practices in January? I, I know, was it Jeff Brom that came out and he had yep. kind of his. Yep. Uh, his put together of what mm-hmm. a schedule would look like if you Ryan do that. Ryan done one subsequent to that. And, and importantly, the coaches have gotten together and they, they've been talking through a number of different scenarios. In order to do that, though, what's going to be different at that point? Not a whole yeah. lot. Unless it's the testing. Yeah. And, and is that what you walk back? But at this point, are teams still practicing? Are Big Ten teams still going through any kind of practice no, at this point? No, I don't believe so. I don't think so. so they're I just think I saw hold. something today that Ference is going to address the team when classes convene. Is it next week? I think that's next week. Yeah. Um, I, there was a I, apparently there were a lot of schools across the country campuses that were starting to fill up this weekend. Yeah, Notre Dame started last week. Did I they? Yeah. Trent, there's a lot of. It's going to be tough. Oh Let, yeah. Yes. They showed they showed parties from you know, I don't know three to four different campuses. I saw a picture of Ames. Yeah, yes, Ames the same same yeah. way. I mean, there's it's, it's going to be difficult. You're asking you're asking college kids to, you know, give up a year of partying and. <laughs> the college experience, and we're selfish. Right, we're we're selfish country. Uh, that's one of the one of the main reasons we are where we are. We're selfish, anyways. Um, so we'll see. But uh, as far as football, no. Look, I applaud Justin Fields. I applaud the parents of the athletes that legitimately want to play. As far as whether this um, will lead to any change. I just don't see the Big Ten admitting. Yeah, well, you know what? We were wrong. Let's mm-hmm. let's 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 try this. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. obviously, we want to see them play. Yes. I just don't think that uh, they're going to walk back. We'll see. Uh, I know that waivers can't be signed. You know, the the parents that have signed this letter of 20 years, you know, if, if your child does develop something, a lingering effect of this, and it's because you push to let them play, how, A, how do you feel? B, are you still good with um, uh, with the fact that you're not going to go forward and get any compensation because of the fact that the the games were played? I, I, it's a... Uh, it's a Pandora's box. Right. It's really, really difficult. So, And I agree with you. This is Kevin Warren's legacy. This is what he'll be remembered for. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The, the Pac-12, on the other hand, they're followers. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry Scott, this is not Larry Scott. The Larry Scott's blemish right now is the Pac-12 network. Right. 
And and that's first and foremost. And he just went along with what the Big Ten is doing. So we'll see with that. We got to get to some baseball. Get that in here at some point. The Cubs have lost three straight. Uh, your Twins got a little heated at the end. You know what it is? And uh, there were I think there were um, cooler heads prevailed afterwards. I guess uh, Sergio Romo got the final out. He got the mm-hmm. save yesterday against the Royals. Boy, the Royals are playing the Twin stuff. I'm telling that kid Starbaum. Yes, My your God. guy. He's unbelievable. But that aside. Uh, that aside, so Romo gets a little animated after the final out of the game, and the Royals didn't like that. But, Trent, if there's 30,000 people at Target Field on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon in the ninth inning, no one, the first baseman struggles to hear what his closer saying as he pumps himself up after getting the final out of the game. It's because every everybody hears stuff, you know, as if they're standing right next to you, Um I had no problem with it, and I think it was kind of blew over, as it should. But there's, for whatever reason, the Royals are playing the Twins tough. They are. And you mentioned Sergio Romo. I didn't really know him. I, I knew him as a pitcher. I knew him as a guy with the Giants. And, and the beard. And the beard. And since he came over to the Twins about a year ago at this time, you get to find out more when it's your team. And mm-hmm. you're watching him, and he's goofy. He's a yeah. weird, weird duck. I mean, there, there's no two ways about it. And he's animated. He doesn't yeah. have ridiculous stuff. He's not a guy that's out there that you think of bullpen arms successful once today that's up there throwing at 98 miles an hour. He gets by on, uh, by on Guile. He, he throws mm-hmm. slider after slider after slider. He's more effective, in fact, even as a right-hander against right-handers because of that ridiculous slider than he is against lefties. But he, he is a guy that just dominates with a fastball that's 89 miles an hour, hmm. but he is talking. And yep. he is always talking. And they always tell when he was brought over, clubhouse guy. This is going to be a guy that's going to galvanize the clubhouse. And that's what he is. But you also get this part of it, too. Yeah. And you're exactly right. We're, I think we're going to see more and more of this. And I just let my mind kind of go forward to October and how intense. You know, playoff baseball feels so different. Uh-huh. The huge home run from the Blue Jays and that bat flip heard around oh, the yeah, world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bautista. Now think of that. The Rangers, yeah, that's with a great point. Nobody in the right. building, and it's just that. I mean, you think the chirping was bad there? Yeah. Now imagine what it's going to be look like when there's a hundred people inside the building mm-hmm. and and thirty of them in the other dugout. I mean, that's all that you have, and and how ridiculous that's going to be, and amped up and amplified going forward. I, I think it's great. I, I've enjoyed this baseball so much, oh, it's though. Been phenomenal. And the Cardinals finally get back some normalcy mm-hmm. there. We've seen the Marlins. Come back and everything has appeared to be good on their end. They're playing well. This can work. Yes, this can work. It's not going to be perfect. I think baseball well, has learned Cleveland. About, pro- Cleveland yeah. proved to us. And Cleveland, I, I told you, I, I read that story about they had been as strict as anybody yeah. in baseball, and how upset they were when they first found out about Plesek, mm-hmm. and then a couple of days later with Clevenger. These are two really good arms yeah. in that are in the minor leagues. One through five, probably the best rotation. One through five uh-huh. in baseball. Yeah, I can't argue that. And 40% of it now, you're down on the farm. Mm-hmm. Dodgers are good, but yeah, I, mean, I get your point. One through five, yep. they are outstanding, and they're saying to two-fifths of it, you're out of here. Right. But we, you did not follow right. what we wanted. Well, there were veterans that were going to quit. Yeah. They were going to they were gonna opt in. Quit's not the right word. Opt, opt out. out. Yep. Opt out is better. Um, there was an opt out in the NHL. It didn't go over well with the fan base, but I, I get that. I mean, fans are fans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle of the playoffs, to opt out. <laughs> right here, here we are. We're tied one apiece in our best of seven series. You're a goalie, and we need you, and you're going to opt out. Uh, but different strokes for different folks. Yeah. But uh, for them to send back to the Indians, for the Indians to just say, 
you know what? You guys uh, let the team down, and particularly Clevenger. And then Plesak comes out with this ill-advised, I don't know if it was a TikTok or an Instagram or whatever the hell it was. It was some kind of video. He blamed the media? Not a good look. No, just awful, and he deleted it. Um, but boy, oh boy, oh boy. Being deleting, oh, you know, I'll save that for another day. Um so, yeah, the baseball's been terrific. The Cubs lost three straight. The Brewers' bullpen has been unbelievable. Uh, double dip today, as you mentioned, the Cubs and the Cardinals. The Cubs, the home team for the for the uh, lid lifter. In the finale, the Cardinals will bat last, which is kind of weird, but that's another aspect of the 2020 season. What do you think of these doubleheaders of seven innings? I think I, it's the right way to go about it. I had a uh, buddy that was texting uh, in our group chat, and he's a Cardinals fan. Didn't get to see his team play for a couple of weeks, yeah. which of course we were flipping him a bunch of crap about that. But and he he was getting real upset about these seven inning games, and, and I don't know what the two extra innings, what it does, what it make, what big of a difference is. You have to find a way to get these games and in. Everybody's used to it for the most part. I got to think eight out of ten guys came through AAA at some mm-hmm. point on their way to the majors. So and they played seven inning doubleheaders there, and I'm, I'm assuming. Double A and single A is the same yep. way. So, yeah, I, I don't understand it. Um, I, You know the one I'm struggling with, and I thought I would like it. And and maybe I would like it if they just wait to like, the 11th inning. I got you, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm putting a guy out there, and the Brewers and the Cubs, not because the Brewers won. I don't care, really. Uh, I love the fact when the Cubs win or they get blown out because it's better for us. Um but just the the runner on second base, and I was a big proponent of the idea, and now I mm, might have, might like to walk that one back a little bit. Yeah, because what was that Saturday the, where Yelich got put on second yes, base, and yes. there was a double right away, right? And it's and they ended up scoring two runs in yeah. there, and the uh, Cubs were only to, uh, able to get one. That's that's where I was too. I was fine. I'm not so much of a traditionalist. I'm I'm probably. In fact, I might be more on the traditional side than you are. I right. mean, you're, you're all about robo umps. I'm mm-hmm. still not there. Mm-hmm. But the well, home plate, for sure. Yeah. Th- this was one where I always felt 10th inning too early. Yeah. 12th, okay. Right. Now, now, me personally, and certainly over the course of a 162, I don't like the idea at all. It's once or twice a season when your team plays one of those 16 inning games. I and told you, you like staying up till 3 a.m. I, I do. I, I enjoy, there's just something about those games. They happen so infrequently yeah. that when they come around, it feels different. It feels fun. Was it that World Series game or is it an NLCS game? The Dodgers. Was that last year? I don't remember. That went 16 innings or whatever it was, and it was. One thirty, two o'clock before it yeah, got over. I don't want a runner on second base in any playoff game. Right, right. And but even during a regular season game, I just I miss that component mm-hmm. because it happens so rarely. I understand how taxing it is to your rotation. And in this season, I'm fine with it. But if they do do this going forward, and this happens and it becomes part of the game, I'm with you. I hope it's not Instantly. right away in the tenth. Yeah, right. Eleventh, twelfth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can start to buy in right. a little bit. In the regular season, and certainly, yeah, playoff baseball, you can't do that. But for the regular season, if you want to do that, if it just it's become too taxing, do it. But don't have it happen right away in the tenth. No, I'm with you. All right, so let's uh, let's get to this. Tom Keating's coming up at 11:05 for the Iowa uh, boys. Uh, I I never get it right. <laughs> Iowa High School uh, Athletic Association. Thank you. Um, but one of the reasons that I that I reached out and wanted to have somebody on from them, a representative on today, is uh, Governor Reynolds came out. I think it was Friday, Trent. Um, 
with a, and I don't know if you call it a mandate, if it's a threat at this point, I don't know where it is. I don't follow politics close enough. But what apparently the gist of it is, and she wants kids back in school. Mm-hmm. She wants yep. kids back in school and wants them back as soon as, you know, from day one. I get it. Um, you know, she's Republican. Elections, um, she won the election. She's in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have consequences. Uh, so I have no problem with I have no problem with what she's doing, actually. I mean, if you can't go to school, how can you say it's not safe to go to school? And I get that you're indoors in school and outdoors theoretically, but volleyball isn't. Um, can you have sports if you can't have schools? Um, I read it. I instantly got why where the blowback's going to come from. But I come down on her side of this at this point. I don't think it's over by any means. I think that there's going to be a significant back and forth because high school football matters here and, and fall sports matter. What, how is this going to turn out? There's going to be, well, certainly lawyers involved. I don't think there's any doubt about that, that there's going to be lawyers that are going to get involved with this. But if you put this mandate in, then you're telling kids that are homeschooled, and there are many of them across not just central Iowa, but across mm-hmm. the state, you're homeschooled, but you are still eligible to play extra cricket. And, and homes, if you're homeschooled, say in Ankeny. Yeah. Right? I'm, I, where could I, where would I play sports? I believe it is still in the school district that you reside. Okay, so I would either be a Jag or a Hawk. Yep. But I'm just not there during the day. Right. So and up until this point, though, homeschool kids can't participate. Yeah. Uh, growing up, there was a kid from the next town over in Riceville who actually went to San Jose State to play basketball. He was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, the theory was, well, you know what he does. He just goes and hits the books for a couple hours, and he's just working <laughs> out in his gym right. all day long and shooting baskets, and that's why he's so good. But. There was a homeschool kid, but he mm-hmm. played for the high school there that in the town that he lived in, and that's the way it is, and same thing here. But if you say, well, if you're not in school, then all these homeschool kids, they're not going to be allowed. Right. Another aspect, as we know, when this happens, and there's going to be outbreaks that happen at different schools. Probably so, so yeah. So an outbreak happens at Waukee, and they say, you know what, we have to go online for two weeks. Right. That means extracurriculars are completely off the board then, too, because mm. if you're saying that you have to be in school in order to have these extracurriculars, then when an outbreak happens and a shutdown with it has to happen, well, then you're going to say that that completely cuts out the extracurriculars. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just sports. This is everything. This is band. This is chorus. This is show choir. This is on and on and on. All these extracurriculars are taken away and what you're losing, that aspect for these kids. How many of these kids? Yeah, in your scenario, that scenario that you're painting there, I would hope that um, common sense would prevail because if they're in school and they're trying to do what the governor asks, Mm -hmm. only to have to shut down based on nothing that they did wrong, they had an outbreak in their school, I would think that they would be given, I hate to say, special dispensation. But the way the mandate is written... Is that right? It says exactly that. Mm. Is that the... No. Speaking of Pandora's box, you want to open problem. that one up? I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. I do get the first point that if you can't go to your school, how can you have you know, all the extracurricular? But if you do try and do what you're asked to do, and then they take it away from you, no, that doesn't seem right. Well, and another part, what it happens if, all right, it's an elementary school or a middle school that's shut down. Yeah. Does that mean that the extracurriculars at the high school level also have to be shut down? Oh, boy. There are so many layers to this that make it incredibly Mm. difficult to figure it out. But there's going to be a lot of back and forth with this. Uh, So the Des Moines Public Schools are going to have, I guess, um, let's try and say it, 
Lawyers are going to be involved. It's, it's a long way from over. I look forward to uh, getting Tom Keating's um, take on this. Uh, and there, I mean, Tom Keating, if he's just following the mandate, if indeed that's we get to that point. So we'll see. Uh, high school football scheduled to start a week from Friday. I mean, think about that. It's it's upon us. A week from Friday, high school sports uh, do launch. So practices. We should have a high school coach on this week. I'm, yeah. I'm anxious to see a practices. How are they different from the past years? Oh, they got to be huge. One I would thing think. That I mean, I've the heard, NFL but is an example. I mean, did they get they get pads for the first time? You know, in when you get into twenty contact tracing. Yeah, and if you're within a group within fifteen for fifteen minutes, yeah, then that's part of the group yeah. that would have to be quarantined if there's a positive. So those drills that normally are about twenty minutes, and now they're twelve. Yeah. Staying under 15, and then mm-hmm. you're going to break that group up, and they're not around each other for 15 consecutive. There's plenty of ways that people are playing around with this to try to figure it out and make it as plausible as possible to get these games in. Well, look, and everybody's rooting for them to get them in. I don't think, yeah. uh, certainly I am. I know you are. You're, yes. you're going to be out. Have you got your matchups? Have you worked on your schedule? I have, yeah. I got everything on paper, and now it's just about crossing some T's, totting some I's, and, uh, well, talking to people in corner offices. You know how that goes, I too. I do. I do know how that goes. All right, John Walters is going to come up. I want to tell you, uh, before we get to our key word, uh, the eastern part of the state, Trent. Oh, man. It's, it's still in deep water in yeah. so many areas. I mean, there's still – and I know that there's some pockets of – uh, Central Iowa. I think for the most part, power is back on, but not everywhere in mm-hmm. Central Iowa. Uh, but uh, they got it worse than we did. Yeah, and we we thought which is crazy to think. Would, yeah, because we, we you're looking out the window. We were live, and we I think Doc was on with us. Scott Dockerman yeah. was on with us. And we told him yes, and he said, "All right, well, I'll be watching for that in a couple hours. I hope he paid uh, took our advice. You'd um, be the first. <laughs> <laughs> but um, boy, oh boy, oh boy." Uh, so anyways, there's this group, um, Embark is the institution, they're, they're, they're a local group, and they went out, they took a, a rental truck full of goods, food. <laughs> the demand was just overwhelming, they said. So they're going back today. Um, there, there's a group, here's their need list, and they've asked us to pass this along. We'll do so two or three, you know, well, maybe as many times as we can during the program. There's a truck that's going to be leaving today. Uh, but from noon until four, if you're so inclined, if you've got some of this stuff that's just you don't have a need for it, um, they would love to get it because they're going right back up there to Cedar Rapids uh, and trying to help some of these folks out. Non-perishable rice, dry black pinto beans, uh, canned tuna, bottled water, PPE, blankets, and pillows. They're sleeping under the stars. A lot of these folks, Jeez. if they get it, if there's a place in the tent, they're the lucky ones. Diapers, um, toilet paper. Totes, even if you have an old suitcase, mm-hmm. just because people are looking to put something to put oh, their belongings yeah. in, so that's a real need. So they're they're going to have this. Uh, they're going to load up a truck again, and if you if you're so inclined, there the, I think it's Vineyard Church, twenty three thirty two Euclid Avenue in Des Moines. This afternoon from twelve until four, they're going to load up this truck again. They're going to head right back over to the eastern part of the state. Who got hammered? That is great, and uh, certainly a great thing. And I know a lot of people. At the beginning of this pandemic, they stocked up on a lot of things. Yeah, that's a good point, Trent. And if you have some extras and you say, all right, this wasn't as bad as maybe anticipated. Mm -hmm. That whole room full of toilet paper now that you (laughs) can't even get in? Right. Maybe spare a couple of rolls. Yes, absolutely. And And if you can get in the car and head over to 2332 Euclid Avenue Vineyard Church, 
uh, from noon until four, and then, like I say, they're heading east. That's great. Yeah, uh, they they were there this weekend. They got there early in the morning, back till after midnight. There's so many people helping out. I saw there's uh, so the Hawkeye football teams over there clearing branches. Uh, there's been a great local uh, support by some of the local teams. Um, I know DeVries has his squad out oh, in, yeah. in the Drake area doing stuff over at Iowa State. They're busy. Uh, anyways, uh, KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword CHECK to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's CHECK to 200-200. Get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, the voice of Iowa State joins J- uh, John Walter, joins Trent and I coming up, and we come back after this first time out. We're with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Day. 1460 KXNO and 106. Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. Mitch Holt is coming up here in about 20 minutes. We won't hear from him live today. He did send along some audio as the Chiefs put on pads for the first time, as do the other 31 NFL teams. They get pads for the first time in training camp here today. John Walters is the voice of Iowa State. He joins us talk Iowa State football, a little basketball as well. John, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, John Walters? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Doing fine. Thanks for. You know, I want to start with basketball for you, John, because it is. Um, it just jumps off Twitter or wherever uh, when you see all of these uh, Iowa State alum and recent, obviously recent because they're in the league still, but guys that just came through the program a couple of years ago, having an impact on this now NBA playoffs and the bubble finale of the regular season. Taylor Horton Tucker's come out of nowhere, really, on this Lakers roster anyways, playing significant minutes, scoring significant points. Matt Thomas is filling it up. He's found a place. Niang's Nian, Monte Morris. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Deontay Burton uh, scored some uh, some big baskets in his Oklahoma days so far. Just amazing, John. Yeah, it really is. I mean, to not only have eight guys in the NBA, but to have all eight on playoff rosters, and all eight were coached at one point by Steve Prohm. Now, some of them came in under Fred Hoiberg, but Coach Prohm coached all eight of these guys. And so it really is pretty remarkable. Um, and, and some of them really took advantage of increased opportunities for playing time in the last couple of weeks. And we'll see if those playing time uh, opportunities continue into the playoffs. You know, I don't, I don't know with a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker how many minutes he'll mm-hmm. play. Shayok. Maybe he will. Yeah. You, you never know. Maybe he's earned his way into into some significant minutes. You know, we'll, we'll find out very shortly. Um, but I think with guys like Monte and George Niang and Matt Thomas, they've really established roles, mm-hmm. and they're going to play. There's no question they're going to play. Uh, Abdul Nader certainly falls into oh, that There's another category. one, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, guys like Shayok and Horton Tucker and Naz, I mean – you know, it, it just depends on what the circumstances are in those games and, um, you know, and, and how much uh, traction they got during those games that they played over the last couple of weeks as to whether or not their roles have increased. But I think all those, those clubs feel very highly of those guys. And so it's really exciting. I mean, it's, it's fun to see those guys uh, out there getting their chance and to all still be playing right now is, is pretty unique. Big uh, recruit here about a week ago, and I think the connection certainly to Tyrese Halliburton helped with that. These NBA connections, how much does Steve Prohm use that 
on the recruiting trail? I know you're not involved. You're not sitting in the meetings when these kids come onto campus. But, boy, that has to be a big selling point here. You come to Iowa State, you're going to have a great chance of making that leap to the league. Yeah, I don't think they undersell it. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think they probably, you know, I think yeah. they probably bring it up. Right. Um, and, and they should, you know, um, it's it's been uh, something you can back up with evidence. And so um, I, I think they absolutely should sell that. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think one of the things that really, I think Steve Prohm sets himself apart from a lot of people with just the relationships. He, he recruits a lot. I mean, he doesn't, just leave it up to his assistant coaches. He gets his nose dirty. He gets in there, and he he, does, he builds these relationships with these guys, and it, it's a relationship that lasts uh, not just during their years at Iowa State, but beyond that. You can see that with these, you know, just yesterday, he zoomed, you know, did another Zoom call with uh, alumni, basketball alumni, including managers, and just, hmm. you know, there were probably 30, 40 guys on there uh, just sharing stories and laughs, and, you know, that kind of stuff goes a long way. So, um, I, you know, I, I do think that he has a good product to sell and he does a good job of saying, Hey, this is something that's not just going to be a couple of years and then it's not a part of your life anymore. This is going to be a good part of your life going forward. And so, um, it seems like that message is sincere and, and that guys do buy into that. Uh, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, is our guest. John, let's switch to football. Uh, there's uh, some still photos that have been uh, put out uh, of practice um, of, regarding Iowa State as they prepare for their Big 12 season, which is great that they're preparing for a season. Uh, Ray Lima was terrific. <laughs> Ray Lima is going to be missed. Ray Lima played a huge, huge role on that uh, defensive front. Uh, what he was able to do, just clogging up the middles, letting those linebackers, that talented group of linebackers uh, over his time at Iowa State, whoever was behind him, uh, run around and make some plays and really uh, help them um, achieve some of the success that he, he has. LaChell Bankston comes in. I'm not saying that they're not going to miss a beat because that would be you know, unfair to Ray Lima, who was so good, but this Bankston guy, John, I think he's got a shot. I know I'm only going off a picture and what I've read about him and what I've heard about him and what he, how driven he is to succeed. I think Iowa State fans are going to come to realize very quickly uh, that Latrell Bankston filling Ray Lima's shoes on doing a pretty darn good job. Yeah, I think they're really excited to get him into the program. And, um, you know, he'll probably be a little bit different type of player than Ray Lima. I mean, Ray was unique in that, you know, he would always take up two blockers. And, and then, you know, you really have to look at it as not just Ray, but Ray and Jamal Johnson, because those two made a yeah. really good one-two punch mm-hmm. at that position. And uh, when Jamal came in there, they got a little bit more of a pass rush. He was a little bit more of a playmaker than Ray, whereas Ray allowed others to, to make plays, as you mentioned. So they're going to miss both those guys. Uh, but Bankston certainly will help. I think Isaiah Lee and some of the other young guys that they have in the program will certainly help. And then you have enough really good, in my opinion, defensive ends that you could flex a guy like any of Wazirike inside if need be, and that could be very valuable. And he's played some inside during his career, and he's got certainly has the size and the ability to play in there. So I think with the flexibility there, the defensive line is in pretty good shape, and that should certainly be a strong point of the team again this year. Even without Ray and Jamal Johnson, I think they'll still be a very good defensive line. So take us through uh, the scheduling of the one non-conference game. Louisiana comes in. The Ragin' Cajuns, University of Louisiana, they sometimes refer to Lafayette. Sometimes they don't like to be referred to Lafayette. Regardless, we know they're going to be making their way up to Iowa State, a team picked pretty high in the Sun Belt mm-hmm. here. and Picked to win the West. It feels like maybe a step up in competition than 
originally what you'd anticipate there for the, the headliner before you get into conference play. Oh, I agree. I think this is going to be a very, very challenging opener for Iowa State. Uh, Lafayette, you know, won 11 games last year, school record, and, and they return a lot of really, really good players. They've got a coach in that program who's going into his third year who's really building something down there. And, um, and so I, I think it'll be a test. The Levi Lewis, the quarterback, has got an extremely strong arm and really throws a good ball. I was watching one of their games, their bowl game, over the weekend. And, uh, you know, he's 5'10". He's from Baton Rouge. Uh, so, you know, while Joe Burrow's doing his thing in Baton Rouge, right. kid from Baton Rouge was doing his thing. He's a lefty, but he's only 5'10". It's okay. Why did he not get – why is he not at LSU with that strong mm-hmm. arm? Well, he's 5'10", mm-hmm. you know, and and but and slight, but, man, can he zing it. And so, um, you know, I think they've got some really good players and a lot of those guys returning and a good program going. So a good test, I, I think, for Iowa State uh, in their one and only non-conference game. But – and you put an 11-win team on the schedule, that's not, not going to be easing into this thing. I think it'll be a good challenge for Iowa State on September 12th. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, it's the team with a pulse, and you're right, John. They're, they're, uh, uh, they are picked in the Sun Belt to come out of the West, and we'll see Happy State uh, from the other side of things. John, do you know TV-wise where that one will appear? Uh, is that an ESPN Plus target, do you think? Any ideas, John? I don't have any ideas yet on any of the games. I do think that when you look at the September 12th games that involve Big 12 schools, that's one of the more attractive games. Mm-hmm. I saw Stuart Mandel put out a, you know, an adjusted preseason top 25, and he had Lafayette in there, Louisiana Lafayette. Wow. He had him at number 25, you know. And so um, I think that's one of the more attractive non-conference games on September 12th. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on a, a pretty decent television network, but. Uh, none of that has been uh, determined yet, and I, know, and I don't know how far they've gotten on any of that stuff yet. That might be something that's still down the road before they're able to, you know, dig in on that, or maybe we'll get an announcement any day. I, haven't, I have not heard anything on gotcha. that. Gotcha. Want to uh, get your perspective on Bob Bowlesby? I'm sure, John, you, you've talked to Bob going back to your days at Channel Five, knowing him as the athletic director of both you and I, and of course the University of Iowa before going out to Stanford and now at the Big Twelve. His leadership that you've seen and just the communication between the head office of the Big 12 and the trickle-down that happens with Iowa State. Yeah, I think he does a very good job in that area. You know, the um, the leadership, I feel, in the Big 12 conference is very strong. I think he's a, he's a very good commissioner. He's well-respected mm-hmm. around the country with all he's done over the course of his career and uh, the accomplishments that he had at Stanford and, of course, at Iowa. Um, and, and he's a good communicator. You know, I think he's a thoughtful guy. And um, so... You know, he's, he's putting some things in place that uh, are trying to put the, the programs in the best position to get through this season and, uh, and do it safely. And uh, you appreciate that. You know, and the execution of it is going to be the hard part. I mean, nobody's naive enough to think that it's not going to be very, very difficult to take all these steps and to, and to get all the way through the season. I mean, that's, that's going to be a real challenge. Um, but that's, that's what he's done, and I think it's, uh, it's done with the right – intentions in mind to say hey we're going to take some extra steps and make sure that this thing is done as safely as humanly possible uh john walters is the voice of iowa state john have you been to a practice yet and and if so um just some of the differences that you've seen you know from from a year obviously going back uh, before this year when you know we didn't have to take all of these extra precautions if you've seen one how different is it yeah, full disclosure, guys, I have not, and I don't anticipate that I will, just because it's a very much of a bubble environment for mm, that good. team right now. 
you know, I just think uh, I talked to Dave Hunsaker, who's a good friend of mine, does the Oklahoma State games. You know, and we were having a conversation. He basically told Mike Gundy, hey, I'll probably not even see you all season. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, doing our interviews over the phone or, you know, not coming anywhere near you guys during practice. You know, it's just that's kind of the world we live in right now, and it sucks. I, I would love to be over there. There's nothing I'd love more than to do that. And it's not that I've been told don't come over here. Right. But I, I, I feel like uh, in this situation they are trying very hard to contain their bubble as much as they possibly can. And I respect that. I respect what they're trying to do. And so um, I, I, I don't know that if I if maybe I will get to a few practices over the course of the next few weeks uh, if I'm given the green light on that. But uh, as of today, no, I haven't. And I'm not sure that I will. Hmm. Will you travel with them, John? We know that there's a lot of remote broadcasts. I mean, Mike Emmerich doing the hockey. He's in his house in Michigan and scattered all over the place. Will you go with the team? Do you know? We're still working through all that at this point. Mm -hmm. I I don't anticipate that we will travel with the team. We're still hoping to travel. I think it's looking at, you know, us just going separately, essentially, um, and and meeting them wherever we end up. And, um, and again, it's all in an effort to stay as separated as we possibly can. Um, We just have to take every measure that we possibly can to try to do this as safely as possible. And so, I would anticipate that we'll probably just uh, drive to wherever we're going and, and meet them down there. Uh, it's a prudent thing to do, John. I think that I don't think you're going to be alone. We t- asked Mitch Holtis last week, and he wasn't sure if the NFL t- uh, crews are even going to be in the building. So, uh, still a lot of uh, <clears throat> things to be details. Excuse me, uh, to be worked out. John, thank you for doing this this morning. We appreciate you coming on as always. Uh, we'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, John Walters. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. John Walters, uh, the voice of Iowa State, as we talk a little Cyclones. Ten games. Uh-huh. No South Dakota. Nope. No UNLV, which felt like pretty solid in the win column. Yep. Louisiana better than both of those teams? Oh, I think so. They're picked to win the belt, Trent. Five and five? For Iowa State? What are you putting that win total at? Oh, we got to save that for another day. I want <laughs> that's a good one with the, with, the, with the now that we know the schedule. Yeah. Do you put it at five and a half? Yes, you do. I think you do. All right, you're putting the line at Bill Hill here mm-hmm. five and a half. Mm-hmm. You're putting it in Vegas though. Does that change it? Because they're Iowa State. Uh huh. Do you flip that down to four and a half? Yes. Are they st- they they're still-, still preseason. I mean, and it's funny with no Pac-12 and Big Ten teams. There were. 25 in that first poll that came out. I mean, how far do they jump up? Top 15 yeah. now, preseason? I mean, t- take all the Big Ten and Pac-12s ahead of them off. Do they have to put together a new preseason no, well, top 25? I think they do, and I I, I read that the um, one of them, was it the coaches or the AP? One of them's going to continue to post weekly. And the coaches poll that has coaches from across the country, for the Pac-12, Big Ten, MAC coaches that Do you invite that them on? This might be the year to do so. Right, right. But since they're not playing... They'll be watching. Do you take them off because they're not, quote-unquote, part of it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitch Holt is next. Miller and Condon have a segment that we can file away for later in the week. Uh-huh. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And their families. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. 
Good morning, Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. I believe this was the first 45 I ever owned. Really? I think it was like in the late 60s. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, so Trent, uh, Mitch Holtis will not be with us today. However, uh, he has threatened to join us tomorrow at this time. We certainly hope that he does. Uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's watching practice today. He's in a no-phone zone. So he sent this piece of audio. Uh, Frank Clark is a major, major player on that defensive front for the defending Super Bowl champions. Here's Mitch Holtis with Frank Clark. Well, a good Monday morning, Ken. As we chat, the Chiefs are on the field. A special thanks to the Donaldsons, Tom and Matt Donaldson, and all the Papa Johns of Iowa for making this possible. Check out their Shakaroni special. Also, uh, it's not lost down here in Kansas City, the storms in Iowa and the damage that it did. So prayers and thoughts for everyone in the great state of Iowa as they recover from the damage from last week's storm. If there was any doubt that Andy Reid's COVID pandemic practices would look like normal training camp practices for Big Red, they should have seen the past three days. The Chiefs have had three straight intense practices in pads. Now the injuries have mounted. Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Sammy Watkins, and Byron Prince Pringle, all prominent players that have missed practices over the past several days. Monday was Coach Reed's 10-10-10 high-tempo practice that aren't quite as taxing physically. This week, I'm exploring what obstacles there could be in the way of the Chiefs repeating as world champs, something that's not happened in the NFL since the 2003-2004 New England Patriots. An important preventative measure of a Chiefs slip-up is the very strong leadership presence on this team. One dude that's as intense as any is the Shark, Frank the Shark Clark, who was dominant last year in the playoffs. But the Shark is hungry, and last year is last year. Yeah, we won the Super Bowl last year, but that was last year. You know, some guys get you know cocky. They, they love that feeling. They love the emotions of winning it and, and carry that on the next year. Um, honestly, us being champions last year, nobody cares about that. I know our coach don't care about that. You know, that's all fun. You know, that's nice. You know, it's pretty nice. It's cute and all, but, you know, we got on. Um, stuff to do this year and um, hold a new set of goals. Um, we got to win the AFC championship, and that's where it starts. Clark proved that when he's healthy, he's a force. Already, his five postseason sacks are third all-time in Chiefs history, and his six regular season games to end the year featured four sacks, 15 quarterback knockdowns, and a whopping 35 quarterback hurried throws. As I tweeted out last week, the Coast Guard has issued a warning, stay out of the shark-infested waters. And that's whenever the Chiefs defense now takes the field with number 55, Frank the Shark Clark, chasing his prey. Reporting from Kansas City on your defending world champions, I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. All right, Mitch Holtis and Frank Clark, and I thought for a second there we caught the Chiefs cheating. <laughs> Had practices for three days, then I remember they open on Thursday. Yes, so they so get a little Houston, jump start. Uh, right, Houston and Kansas City both got a little bit of a jump start because they will uh, lift the lid. So you mentioned earlier in the program today that the SEC is going to be releasing their schedule this mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. Cole Kubik, who you see on ESPN and SEC Network, yep. just tweeted this out. Week one has been ironed out. Oh, With iron, uh-huh. ironed, capitalized. Where going. <laughs> Are we getting Alabama-Auburn week one? Yeah, I would I would uh, wonder Whoa. why he would uh, put, put the tweet in that fat form if we're not. Oh. The this, Iron Bowl week number one. Do we need a, uh, a special Bama appearance tomorrow's program? <laughs> oh, Trent, can you imagine? What do you think the chances are the other three conferences go? 
50-50. I think it is. It'll either happen or it won't. Okay. Let me write that one down. I might use that. So it either will or it won't. Uh Uh-huh. 50-50. We will come back. We're going to talk some high school football. We're going to tell you about our friends at Embark, what they're doing one more time here. A couple of times in the next hour. Trent and I have another hour to go. Thank you to Mitch Holtis and to Papa John's. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.